you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hey gang, welcome into this week's edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Joined this week by, well, Phil. <laughs> What's hey, going Mark, on, buddy? How are you? How are you? <laughs> back again. That's right, back again. Oh, we should have a guest on sometime who's not Phil, right? Just because it's Phil's tax hacks, and they'd be like, that, "That's right, that's right." And here's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Just to throw everyone off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, well, I have to call you by your middle name or something. Maybe we'll do that one day. Uh, well, hopefully you're doing well. Everything going good? It's going really good. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, good. That's always good to hear. Well, we got a good show lined up this week. I got some fun topics I want to uh, discuss with you here in just a little bit. Um, We're going to talk about um, setting financial and retirement goals here, just kind of a general outline. But before we do, I wanted to ask you, obviously, we've had the, uh, I don't know, the caucuses have begun at the time of this podcast taping. And and, uh, one of the little things that's gone around with certain of the... um, the Democrat there, folks, candidates, is the student loan debt, which is now, by the way, at $1.6 trillion. That's trillion with a T. Uh, it's tripled since 2006. Is this a serious problem now, or is it going to become one? It seems like it is one. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's a, a serious problem now, and it's just obviously growing and multiplying, much like our national deficit or debt. I mean, it's, uh, right. it's You're talking about I think, long-term it. very concerning. Yeah, and we're talking about forgiving it, and it's like uh, to the long-term debt there. How do we, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's a solution for that that makes sense to make anybody other than the people who owe money happy. You know, Right. I mean, it, yeah, so f- forgiving it, but who's going to pay it? I mean, the, you know, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't already, just magically disappear. The, the colleges have already spent the money. <laughs> right. You know, so, I mean, now this is, is debt, so it's a governmental back. That's what they're going to forgive. Okay, well, we've already have a huge deficit, I guess, just or debt. Just throw it on top of that. I mean, yeah. It, you know, um, I, yeah, it's a huge problem. I mean, in, in that younger generation, we're starting to see this where they're coming out of college with so much debt that it's now difficult for them to get mortgages and delay the, the house purchasing process. I mean, it's, yeah, I think long term, it's, we're going to start to see more and more of the effect of that. Well, you know, so. here in Michigan, we're, you know, we're, we're def- you know, this is a definitely a blue collar state, blue collar area. And, you know, there's a, a lot of studies that, the trade skills is so underserviced. You can make, I mean, if you become a good tradesman, you can make a great living nowadays, you know, because we're running out of qualified carpenters and electricians and because everybody feels the need to go And I know as parents, we send our kids, we're like, you're getting a college education, but there is something to be said for the trades. Absolutely. I mean, it, I think, <laughs> and it's cheaper. It's, it's this pendulum, you know, that swings back and forth. And I, I think we swung it way too far to the to the side of college. Where, you know, get me wrong. I mean, I believe in college, mm-hmm. you know, but me too. It's not for everyone, right? You know, you you know your your child and kind of help them in that direction. And um, yeah, there's all sorts of studies that having a degree, you, you know, you make more and all this. But again, it's not for everyone because there's a lot of kids coming out of college with degrees that really aren't going to make them a lot more money. Yeah. Mean, they're coming out with a general degree and then, you know, they've got 60, 70, 80,000 of college debt. <laughs> they're never going to be able to pay that back, well, you the, know, cause they're not, they're not a, a, 
higher paid profession right to be able to justify that so i mean they they might have been better served being in some kind of a trade and there's nothing wrong with trades we need them no we absolutely need them we're, we're like you said we're, we're short on them now yeah. which makes the demand there which increases the pay so. I, I was having a conversation believe this is absolutely true uh, at least i think it is anyway i had a conversation <laughs> with the guy that was working on my um on my backyard uh doing you know with some dirt and pouring concrete and around the pool area and all this kind of stuff he said he makes more with his, you know, he said, I didn't go to college. My brother did. His brother's a doctor and he is not. And he said, I am crushing him <laughs> from a financial standpoint. And he's like, as a tradesperson, as a skilled laborer with a business, because um, he said, just the sheer amount of debt and insurance that his brother has to carry, you know? Absolutely. And not only that, I mean, as we push more people toward the their kids to the college side, less and less of those that generation have experience to be able to do things Mm -hmm. with their hands right so they hire it out oh yeah but then the people aren't there to do it you know so i mean it's it's a catch-22 you know i think like i said the pendulum swung way too far to the to the college we need to balance that back off bring down this the cost of college and somehow that's got to get put under control because it's just uh, just going to school anymore it's outrageous yeah well if any, if you've tried to hire a contractor of any type for over the last couple of years you'll you'll understand what i'm saying when uh just getting them someone to show up is a challenge <laughs> right exactly <laughs> so yeah we're, we're looking at doing a, a small addition uh, bump out to do a dining room and it yeah trying to find somebody to come out and do it Let's uh, give a quote. You know? Yeah, I mean, so, so like half the battle if you're a contractor is just show up. You, you're right. ha- you're halfway <laughs> you're halfway to winning the bid if you just show up. <laughs> if you show up, yeah. <laughs> so all right, well, that I was just kind of wanted to kick things off with a little news article there. Obviously, it's kind of a, a lot of different things we're seeing when it comes to the, the different debates and the conversations about what to do with this, that, and the other. So wanted to get your take on it. I think a real place we're going to have to put some focus is is really looking at the. Uh, readjusting how the schools are charging tuition. I think that's tuition control is something we're going to have to figure out because the price is going higher and higher. It's just making it tougher and tougher, obviously. Right. I mean, it's almost impossible to go to school anymore without some kind of debt. I mean, yeah, U of M for four years. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you can't put your retirement at risk to pay for your kid's education so they don't come out with any debt, but now you've got to work till you're 90. Right. I mean, what's the balance, you know? Well, I'd like to I'd like to go ahead and check out because I'm 90 and I'm tired, but I got to keep paying the school loan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but my kids are all set. That's right. Well, actually, that's going to be a great segue into our main topic, which is how to set financial and retirement goals, Phil. So, it, you know, we talk all the time about giving dollars purpose, and we were just kind of saying maybe, maybe you are choosing to pay for the kid's school or something of that nature. And so having those dollars have kind of a job so let's dive deeper into what kind of goals different goals may look like for different people as they approach retirement so setting financial goals will obviously be different for every person we we can't understate that because we say it all the time here but are there are there some general ones you could give us that you know that most people can shoot for yeah i mean it it you really have to start to understand what does that look like to you what you know truly being financially independent, so to speak, in retirement. And and to me, that's what retirement is. I mean, it's not about an age or anything else. It's about, I have the ability now to walk away and not work if I choose, you know, having that independence, which you have to understand your situation. And what, what does that look like? You know, what is your budget? And, and budget is that one of those bad words no one likes to think about. And, and I don't mean it in a a formal line by line, you track and everything, <laughs> but you need to understand what does it take to run my household? 
in, in kind of as a base level, you know, just the minimum to pay the utilities, put food on the table and, and live a, a comfortable life at home, but then all the extras too. And what does that look like? You know, and that's where you got to start is, is understanding what am I trying to accomplish? What is my retirement vision from a, a financial standpoint? And beyond that too, you know, what do I want to do? Is there a goal or, you know, something you'd like to do, be more involved with charity, give back, whatever it is. So. Right, right. Okay, so that's kind of some good generals. Now let's kind of hit some specifics. How do you feel when somebody comes in and they're, maybe it's a prospective client or a new client or whatever, how do you kind of help them start to determine more of the specific goals? It really is just asking a lot of questions. You know, we, we try to, to walk clients through and help them maybe visualize if they were retired today, what would you do? You know, tell me what your ideal retirement day looks like. What, what are you going to do? You know, is it getting up when you want and just staying at home all day? Well, that's a relatively inexpensive retirement. You know, if you're just going to sit on your porch and drink tea, so to speak, and and watch the world go by and then there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me, get me wrong. That might be your view of retirement. That's great. But that retirement is very different than if you're an avid golfer and, and your ideal retirement is I'm going to be out playing golf five days a week or whatever it is. And in the winter, I'm heading south to play golf. That's a pretty expensive retirement. You know, yeah, so true. a lot of it's coming down to visualizing what is retirement to you? What are you going to do? Um, and that's a big question for some people because it's beyond the finances. It's just emotionally. You've worked all these years, gone into, you know, had this, this career and, and poured your life into it, and now you're done. So what are you going to do next? Right, right. Yeah, and you may want to sit on the front porch and whittle. I mean, if you do, go for it. Uh, but I think, you know, as we've as things have changed through the years, we're much more active, obviously, you know, we're eating better, we're healthier, kind of, you know, overall, generally. And yep. I think the idea of sitting on the front porch like your grandfather did is not, you know, is not for most people. So if you're trying to determine the specific goals, can we get out of whack and start getting a little unrealistic? And, and are there you know, like when you see that, you know, what do you kind of what are some of the things you see? Somebody's like got an unrealistic goal, you know, like buy a yacht and sail around the world kind of unrealistic. But, you know, right. Well, yeah, something like that. You know, I haven't really saved anything, but I, I really want that. You know, I'm going to golf every day retirement. <laughs> right. It's not going to work. You've got to run the math to see, you know, but that's until you start to visualize and, and think about what retirement is to you then the, the financial piece of it really, it's hard to, to see, do I have enough? Because you know, I, I get that question a lot. Well, what, what's enough money? You know, I've got a 250000 Is that enough? I've got a million. Is that enough? I, I don't know. What's your retirement look like? What do you want to do? You know, do you have Social Security? Do you have, you know, what level of Social Security was your pension if you have one? I mean, all these different factors play in. You know, so that's the, the first thing is, is expecting to live way beyond your means. Most of the time where we start is, you're probably going to to maintain at least the lifestyle you have today. So let's start there and then add on top of it. You know, if you do say, well, for the first five or 10 years, we're going to start traveling, you know, and maybe do that for even 10 or 15 years, build in budgets for that. You know, so those are, are the financial piece of it. But then when you look at investments, not approaching them in a different fashion too, because you're trying to, to maximize your growth all your career where you've been saving, that's kind of been the focus. But now when you're in retirement, you get to, to look at it a little different because risk affects you in a much different way when you're spending the money. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of specifics that get into it. Yeah. And I, do you see things where people are just kind of, especially with the market, obviously, we're, we tend to be a bit greedy. So is it, you know, kind of like, is there a magic bullet or, you know, how can I 
get as much as I can get, but I also, wait a minute, I don't want to lose anything. <laughs> or exactly. It's everyone's dream, right? And I sure. always tell clients, I said, if I had that, you wouldn't have been able to get an appointment with me. Exactly. exactly. You'd because, be so you know, busy. Like, well, that's, yeah, that's what everyone wants. You, you'd it actually have your exist. own island. Yeah. You'd have your own island. We wouldn't even see Phil at that point. Right. But. Right. You know, so yeah, that hasn't been invented yet. And I don't think you'll ever see it. Right. Um, and w- when you get to retirement, not to say you, you can't, approach gains or have to have a goal of gains but the reality is losses hurt you way more than gains can benefit you right if, if they're not positioned the right way i mean and we've talked about this before but when we're looking at investments in retirement we take a much different approach and we're bucketizing money so that we can specifically position risk in, in a, a fashion in a time frame that it's not going to hurt you mm-hmm. um, as you're spending the money down so getting into withdrawal rates and, and what should that be? I mean, there's all sorts of rules of thumb in retirement, which are a great place to start, but that doesn't mean anything when it comes down to your specifics. You really need to understand your scenario and, yeah. and have a plan. What yeah. does it look like for me? I mean, and it's understandable because we all want to try the, to, to max things out where we can. But again, yeah, I think your time horizon and clearly for a lot of our listening audience, the time horizon becomes a much bigger factor. I mean, I'll be 49 this year, uh, you know, and so what I what I thought about investing at 40 is going to be different than what I think about it next year at 50, you know, right. and so on and so forth. And so trying to say, well, you know, let me let me squeeze out as much as I can while this market is riding the way it's riding. I, I understand it, but at the same time, depending on your age, you have. I, I really like the way you put that. You've got to think about the fact that losses hurt a lot more than the gains. So, yeah, the loss hurts way more than the gain will help because you don't have the you time know, so to you recover. Just got to understand yeah. exactly. Yeah. You, well, it's not only time, okay, but it's distribution. Oh, true. Yeah, you know, because time is is okay with if you're not touching the money, yeah. but if if you don't have the time and you're taking money out, that's a, a double <laughs> right. hit. It, I mean, it's yeah. it's worst case scenario. You're that's in trouble. A, that's a double whammy. Uh, all right, Phil. So, you know, we're setting financial and retirement goals here. One more piece. How could we know if a, if a goal is realistic and achievable? Um, you know, so we talked about, you know, thinking about things that are not possibly realistic. How can we determine if it is? Well, first, you, you've got to run the math. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of math when it comes to retirement, um, which... You better work with an advisor or somebody that loves math because if they're doing it right, they're going to be doing a lot of math to figure out, does it work mathematically? You know, run inflation out. And that's something that a lot of times is overlooked is what happens to my cost of living as inflation happens each year, my, my base level of living expenses. You know, you got to build that in as well to make sure you're keeping up with it. So first running the math behind it to see, does it really work if everything goes as planned, meaning if you're married, both of you live full life expectancies and just pass away. But then beyond that, you have to start stress testing it to say, what happens if that doesn't happen? What happens if one of us passes away early? What, what is the surviving spouse left with from an income and an asset standpoint? Is that enough? You know, and, and unfortunately, these things happen. I just, I've been working with a, a couple that um, he just uh, retired about a year and a half ago. Um, we just met two weeks before he passed away. And um, she was originally retiring in a couple of years and she wanted to retire at the end of this year. And we said, yeah, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And now he's gone. Mm, yeah. You know, so it totally changes the plan. Right. But you've got to, I mean, it's a tough, tough discussion to have early on, but it happens. Yeah. Very I mean, true. What does that look like for you if it happens? You know, so there's all these factors that go into it. 
Well, setting retirement goals, setting up your financial goals is certainly a crucial piece and an important piece that we all should be doing. Uh, and having some of those contingency plans in for lots of things, whether it's market downturns, whether it's the loss of a spouse or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, possibly relocation, you know, to be closer to kids or grandkids or whatever the case yep. is, all of those things get have to be factored in. So make sure that you're working with your advisor on setting up proper goals for what you're trying to accomplish in your retirement, not your neighbors, but in your retirement. And if you need some help with that, Phil is always available. You can reach out to him as always at 248-888-7530. That's 248-888-7530. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, and so on and so forth. You can find it simply by on those apps. Just type in Phil's Tax Hacks and you can search it out on whatever platform you use. Or you can find it at his website as well, AFSWealthMGT.com. That's AFSWealthMGT.com. Dot com. All right, Phil, email question. We're going to get up out of here right after this. We've got Miles in uh, Miles in Northville, and he says, I've worked with a couple different financial advisors over the years, Phil, and I like them both. Do I need to pick just one, or is it okay to work with both? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, it. it uh, I guess it kind of depends on what your approach to retirement is. Uh, my, my concern in doing that scenario where you have multiple advisors involved is whose plan are you following? If yeah. any, you know, I mean, who who's steering the ship, so to speak? I always, because this comes up quite a bit when we're talking to clients, you know, is at the end of the day, you've got to have a plan and a direction you're heading. And there's got to be somebody that's steering the ship and guiding you down this path to make sure we're on track and everything's in play. And it's it's all working versus if you have two advisors and they're each kind of doing their own thing. I mean, unless that's you, if you're in the middle kind of bringing them together and making sure you're on track, then that's great. But somebody has to be making sure it's all working together, you know, and, that, and that's always the challenge. And then also understanding their specialty much. And we talked about this in other podcasts, but it's much like doctors, right? As you age, your right. doctors that you need to see start to change. And a lot of times the same thing happens or should happen, at least in retirement, because the specialist you work with now needs to be different. They need to understand retirement from a tax standpoint, from a, a risk standpoint, and how to map this out and make sure that you can comfortably live that retirement you want so yeah so that's yeah. the challenge in heaven too who's guiding it that's a good point and, and obviously phil or miles we don't know as phil was just attesting to but uh you know maybe one you've been working with because it was more of an accumulation kind of person you know and then then the other one might be uh or they may both be because you said you've been working with them for a couple of different years so you know do they have the right kind of um I guess, skill sets to do, you know, distribution and preservation as well. So uh, again, we don't know that stuff because you didn't put in the email, but either way, certainly good information as always here on the program. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening, Miles. And uh, certainly go ahead and, and uh, subscribe if you haven't already and share it with others that might benefit from the message. We certainly appreciate it. And Phil, my friend, I'm gonna let you get out of here this week with that. I think it was a good show and I appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, Mark. Have a great week. Absolutely. We'll see you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney, CPA and Personal Financial Specialist at AFS Wealth Management right here in the Metro Detroit area. Get on this calendar at 248-888-7530 or go to the website at AFSWealthMGT.com. investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.